Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Yud Dalad in Maseches Yevamos. Daf Yomi coincidence. Let's start with that. We had, amazingly, we're on the aftermath of Purim. Barry just came back from Chicago where he met four new great grandchildren. Kenan Haram, he should be Zoha to watch him grow up to, to be amazing people in good health. Uh, good morning, Goranowitz. And so we had Purim. And then over the weekend, we actually had a reference to Purim in Dafyud Gimel. How did we get there? Well, there's a mission on the bottom of your Gimel Amad Aleph that makes a shocking revelation. You might recall that our first mission in Maseches Yevamos talks about how when you have Isurei Kares, right, when you have an Erva, right, not only is it Poter the Erva, but Poter in Sarasein, but Saras Sarasein, right? Our Mishnah says that when an Erva falls to Yibum, obviously you don't do Yibum, but also when a co-wife, right, a Tsar of an Erva falls to Yibum, you don't do Yibum on her. Well, turns out that Mishnah is only reflection of the Shita of Beis Hillel. Because you look at the very bottom of Yud Gimel of Aleph in the Mishnah, it says, Beit Shammai matirin hatsaras la'achin. Beit Hillel Ostrim. Beit Shammai doesn't hold of this whole thing of tsaras. Unbelievable. Do they mean only in the case of the Mishnah on Yud Gimel where it says, Sheshari Chamoros? No. Look at the very last Rosh in Gimel of Aleph. Beit Shammai matirin tsaras erva they completely lack this drasha of Litzor. And therefore, Andrew, you'll be happy to see I have no puppets today. So no puppet anxiety today. Right? This is a fascinating question of Beit Shammai holds that there's no such thing as this Tzara issue at all when it comes to marrying right, the ever the, And therefore, according to Beit Shammai, uh, if somebody ha- is married to multiple wives and then dies childless, then even if one of the wives is an erva, it's not an issue. You just do yibum on the other wife, on the co-wife. Simple as that. Totally against, right, the entire mindset we've been inside of within Shitas Beis Hillel, which is the subject of our first Mishnah, that it's Potrin Sarasein Vitsarasarasein. Fine. That le- launches a discussion on Daphne Gimel about the concept of losis go to do, which is to say, how can you even have such a situation where Beit Shammai holds of one thing and Beit Hillel holds of another? Klal Yisrael is going to be a big, huge mess. And we'll see. You could have Sephardim and Ashkenazim. Okay, so some eat kidneys, some don't. Be careful when you look at the packages, right? We're Shloshim Yom Lifnei Achag. In Israel, you get the sense that the Sephardim think that kidneys is a big, fat joke. It's almost like they're embarrassed to put the choshesh uh, kitneus on the, on the packaging. The Sephardim thing kitneus is a mishagas. But it's... it's, it's so, so why go to Israel? You've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. The Sephardim think it's okay, so why shouldn't you think it's okay? Uh, you, you have to follow your rabbis. It says everything is choshesh uh, 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 you know? Well, to Garano, it's his point. If you eat kidneys, like, are you gonna, are you gonna, you know, suffer the fires of a Gehenim? I mean, I don't know. You know, really, you're supposed to follow your Ashkenazi rabbis, but the stakes are higher, obviously, in this case of Yibum, because you have a case of a Tsaras Erva that, according to, according to Beis Hillel, there's going to be an Isser Kares of Eshesach, and because if there is no Chiv of Yibum, there is an Isser Kares according to Beis Hillel. 
As opposed to Beit Shammai, he says it's Mutter and Gansen. It's complete, you're supposed to do Yibum. Well, that's a big consequence. Is the child of such a union a mamzer? Or is he totally kosher lemosher? I mean, it's really a massive difference. You could create real issues within Kal Yisrael. And so the Gemara launched a whole discussion of Los Yisgodadu. And on Dafi Gimel Mabez, we talked about how it could be that we have two days of Purim. Those for walled cities and those for unwalled cities. Mind you, the whole point of Purim, the whole point, one of the main themes of Purim, I should say, is Matanus Levyonim, right? And, right, Mishloch Manos, Ishlerehu, and Achdus, and what? On the one time that we have Achdus, we're going to have two separate days celebrated? So doesn't that seem ironic? So Rabbi Pinchas Groshlita pointed that out. He said, no. Because you see, the Goranowitz Mr. moment, that even though we realize that everyone is different, we kind of, all of Kleistral as a whole, celebrates both days. And some do one day, and some do another day. But be that as it may, that topic of whether that is a violation of Losit Godadu is mentioned in Yud Gimel and Bez, and it is that where we pick up, Andrew. It's there where we pick up on the last line of Yud Gimel and Bez and bring it back. The concept of Losit Godadu, we bring it back. How does it relate to our topic of the Tsaros? Oh, so what does the word Tzgodu even mean? We will get into it here. But basically it means that, I mean, you shouldn't form little, uh, I mean, agudos means, um, means like uh, cliques or piles or, right, groups. So you shouldn't form into different kinds of groups, disparate groups all over Klai, so you should have achdas. But you'll see, we're going to talk a little bit about the etymology of the word. That. Is that one of the mitzvahs, Tariyad? So let's see, let's see what it says over here. Um, so Rabbi Yochanan asks Reish Lakish, we're in the middle of a conversation, Rabbi Yochanan asks Reish Lakish a series of questions of why is there no issue of Losit Godadu? All of the questions have to do with Beit Shammah Beit Silo. And all of the questions that Reish, Rabbi Yochanan asked Reish Lakish, he was saying, we have these machloks in Beit Shammah Beit Silo, so they're not all issues of Losit Godadu. Sometimes you have a machlokis Beit Shammah Beit Silo, and, and that machlokis has to, you know, is just, you know, Sorka Kekosevas, right? How much, what's the Isser of Chametz? Okay, so you can hold like Beis Chama, you can hold like Beis Hillel. It doesn't appear like different factions, right? Different groups. But sometimes it really can break up the social fabric. And so the question Rabbi Yochum was asking Reish Lakish is, why is this a very fundamental issue of whether you could do Yibam of an Erva? Why does that not break up like the social fabric of the society in a losid go do fashion where some people can't marry and some, and some people can marry this individual, right? There's Mamzerim according to some shitas. So there is where we pick up the last line. You give them Beis Vaha. In our Mishnah it says, Bechamai doesn't have this issue of the, of the Tsaras being Asr to the Erva. And Basil says it's Asr. So how is that not an issue of losid go do? So says the Gemara as we arrive at Dalan with Aleph. Rishlakish explains as follows. Do you really think that Beit Shammai held according to, uh, listened to their own opinion? Which is to say, did you really think they held, obviously, that the Tsaras were mutter to Yibum? But do you think that they acted upon that? No. Lo asu Beit Shammai kedivrehem. Lo asu means that even though Beit Shammai held that the Tsaras were a chiv of Yibum, they would not allow, right, uh, they would not allow their own constituents, right, to do said yibum in deference to the shita of Basila. Now, so so what are you doing? You're if you have a tsara and you, aren't you mevatel the mitzvah of yibum by not allowing it? 
So you could say, oh, well, they hold like Beis Hillel. That, that, that's what, according to Beis Hillel, you're not mevatalit. So, so be that as it may, Rish Lakish says that the answer is that the reason why there's losis go to do is because simply they all had the same practice, which is to say Beit Shammai practiced like Beis Hillel. However, Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Asu ve'asu. Well, Yochanan, the reason why he was challenging Rish Lakish and say that this was an issue of losis go do is because he actually holds that Beit Shammai and Beis Hillel actually held in practice what they held in theory, which is to say that even Beit Shammai would allow right there. Uh, Yavamos to, to be performed on Tsaras Erva. So the Gemara says, Ubiflukta de Rav Shmuel. And this Machlokas of Yochanan Reishlakish about whether there be, uh, Losis Kododu by the Erva is a reflection of Machlokas Rav Shmuel. The Rav Omer Lo Asu Beichamai Kedivrayim. Shmuel Omer Asu Ve'asu. Right? Straight up exactly what we just said. Rav um, says that Beichamai were deferred to the Shita of Beishalel. And Shmuel says they did not. They did their own Shita. So now the Gemara is going to ask, wait a minute. When is this Machlokas Rav Shmuel? What are we trying to do now? We're trying to figure out what Beit Shammai did. Did they hold like Basilil or not in practice when it came to Tsaris Erva? Right, because it's a very big difference whether you hold like, you know, whether you practice like that or not. So, uh, we're going to see. We're going to flesh it out. So this is going to be Amos. What time in history are we talking about over here that we have this Machlokas whether Beit Shammai followed Basilil or not? Remember, Shmuel says that they did not, like Rabbi Yochanan. So, Eli Makodim Baskol, oh, well, you might recall that in Masechus Erevin, we had, and Dafyud Gimel, we had a Baskol that came out, and what did the Baskol say, Geronis? Remember, we learned Erevin together. I know, but... That the halacha is like Basilo. Right, yeah. The Baskol says, halacha is like Basilo. So, if you're going to say, okay, well... It's before the Baskol declared that the halacha would be like Basil. So my time of the Amar the Amar Lo Then why would Beit Shammai not follow their own opinion? I mean, they thought that their opinion is right. Obviously, by the way, you could have cheated Goran. It's the very first Rashi and Dalim Alaf Baskol Ervin Perikama Yatsa Baskol Varma Halacha Kavisel. Okay, so it says there that halacha is like Basil, but prior to that. There's no reason why Beit Shammai would hold like Beit Hillel. They had their own shita. What were they talking about in Erevin to get the... What was the topic that made them say over there? Yeah. Uh, Beit Hillel, do you remember? <laughs> uh, even Rashi doesn't mention it. Halacha ke Beit Hillel. Oh my gosh, I have to go back there. Hadron halach, Meshachas Erevin, right? Um, uh, so it says, Amos. So, Elaim akodim basko, my time of demand amar lo asu, um, it's early in Erevin. Now you've, now you've really got me, Your Honor. Now, now I'm upset. I have to, um, anyway. My time demand the lo asu, So you have to say it's the Achar Basko. My time of demand the asu. Well, <laughs> so again, Bechamai held that they were right, obviously, right? Just like the Sephardim hold that they're right with regards to kidneys. So they have no reason to defer to Beis Hillel uh, before the Baskol, because they hold that they're right. However, I, I mean, I, 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 after I, I went to a Sparta house, what am I supposed to do? No, that's a, right. right. So that's a good Allah question. What do you do with somebody and you hold? So that's that's you have to ask Rabbi Rose. But but be that as it may, after the Baskol, the opposite would be true. Once the Baskol says that the 
Right? So, Mimanafshach. Once the Baskal says that the Allah is like Beis Hillel, so there's no reason for Beit Shammai to hold like themselves. So, before the Baskal, of course they held like themselves. After the Baskal, of course they held like the Beis Hillel. So, why would there be a machlokis? At what point in history is the, is the machlokis whether they held like Beis Hillel or not? So, the Gemara gives two answers. Well, one possibility is, I could see how the machlokis, whether uh, between Rav and Shmuel as to whether they follow Beis Hillel or not, whether Beit Shammai follow Beis Hillel or not, I can see how it could apply to both historical points. Because if you're going to say it's before the Baskol, so right, either way, either before or after the Baskol, there could be a machlokis. The first case is before the Baskol. So, as we know, Beis Hillel were the majority. Oh. So, that you could have before the machlok, before Beis Hillel, before the Baskal, you can have a machlokas, right? Because Beis Hillel is the majority, but as we will see, Beit Shammai were considered smarter, right? So let's say you have, you know, 10 guys from the, 10 Rabbeim from Neir Yisrael issue a halachic decision, right? And then a bunch of ninth graders from TA, they don't like it, right? So 40 of them show up and they want to issue a, a decision to the contrary, doesn't make any sense. Like, we don't even listen to them. So that's an over-exaggeration, right? Obviously, both Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel were very erudite, but Beit Shammai, despite being in the minority, were considered more, uh, more on the ball. So, so that could be the machlokas, right? Beit Hillel was the majority, right? According to, to the opinion that they, that they didn't... Question? Okay. How many Beishamai and you know, um, Coexist? That's a good question. I, um, I, mean, I don't remember. Like Rabbi how, how many years did you say? Yeah, how many years? I mean, um, was it hundreds or like uh, just I thought, I thought I saw somewhere that they, they, the Hillel and Shammai themselves maybe didn't even coexist as much, but the Beishamai and Beishamai more so? That's a good question. I don't know. You're very into the etymology and the history. I like that. But let's go on. Because that's what we're talking about, the historical. So before the Baskal came out, so Lamanda Amar Lo Asu, that Beit Shammai did their own thing. The Habeis Hill, the Lo Asu, they didn't, Lo Asu means they didn't do their own opinion. Lo Asu means that they didn't follow up on their own opinion. In, in other words, that they deferred to Beis Hillel. So why would they have deferred to Beis Hillel? The Habeis Hillel Ruba. That would be the opinion, right, of Rav. Because they deferred to the majority. Lamanda Amar Asu, however, if you hold like Shmuel, that Beit Shammai held their ground and did their own thing, that's because means all things being equal. In other words, when do you follow the rov? Ha, very interesting. It's almost like Lundus over here. Rov is there to be what? To, uh, that, when do we follow majority? Well, majority isn't logic. Majority is just if you have nothing to determine, right, what the actual Emes halacha is, so then you have a nihug, we'll call it, right? Then you'll have uh, a policy of following the majority. But if you know that one individual is more expert than the other, so you're not going to take a vote of majority opinion, you'll go with the expert, right? Um, this would be true, right? You have a medical opinion. So you have the world expert, his medical opinion counts the most. If you have like five doctors and they're like, and neither of them really know what to do, so then maybe if four doctors say one thing, one say the doctor, then you follow the majority. So that's what it means. When are you going to go, when are you, you'll go by the majority when everything is on the same level playing field. However, right, but Shmuel's going to hold 
before the Baskol, that even though Beis Hillel is the majority, Beis Shammai are more right uh, on the ball, and therefore that is the source of the machlokas of whether Beis Shammai held of their opinion in practice or not. That is the first approach before the Baskol. Alternatively, there could have even been a machlokas after the Baskol. You'll say, how so? The Baskol says that we Baskol Beis Hillel. How could Beis Shammai not follow it? As follows. If you want, you could say historically it was after the Baskol. Manda Amar Lo Asu Danafka Baskol. Right, the Manda Amar, the Beit Shammai, right, didn't follow through on their opinion is because the Baskol said. Once the Baskol said, what are you supposed to do? That's a heavenly voice. So fine, Beit Shammai relented and followed like Beit Hillel. However, Manda Amar Asu and Shmuel, who says that they still persist and follow their own halacha, how are they going to do? Uh, how are they going to justify that? So Rabbi Yeshua, he Damar ein mashkichin be Rabbi Yeshua said, you don't follow a Baskol. So really, the Baskol is not halachically significant here. Just because the Baskol says halacha lebeisel doesn't mean you have to follow it. Tosfos here asks, what about ein mashkichin in Bav Metzion and Test, where we have a Eliezer? There we said ein mashkichin be and we really followed it. So. The issue there was that Baskol was just to support Rabbi Eliezer. Remember with the Tanur, where the walls were going to cave in. The point is, the Mashgichin, this, that's the first answer of Telesus, that it was just to support Rabbi Eliezer, but not to be Machriya Halacha. The second is, what does it mean, Ein Mashgichin Bevaskol? It doesn't, it doesn't mean that, in other words, Ein Mashgichin means, you don't know what the halacha is, and then the Baskol comes out and tells you what the halacha is. You don't rely on that. The Baskol isn't supposed to be like your Rebbe. The Baskol isn't, the, the Mishnah Brura, okay? But the Baskal could, in theory, um, make a, in a situation where you've already studied the topic thoroughly and you have, right, all the opinions cited in front of you and it's just like a stalemate, so then maybe the Baskal can't help. Anyway, that's Tosfos Ayin Sham. You have to resolve Ervin Yud Gimel with Bava Metzia and Tess and see when you are or are not Mashkichim Bevaskol. What right? does the Rambam say about this? Oh, that's a very good question, actually. What does the Rambam say about whether you're Mashkichim Bevaskol? I have to, unfortunately, guess, even though I'm sure I've learned it in the past, I'm going to guess that he says, Ein Mashkichim Bevaskol. Okay, that Loba Shemaimi. Okay, now, Uman de Amar Asu. Okay, so now let's get back to Liskotadu. So according to the opinion, right, Shmuel, who says the Beit Shammai did according with their own opinion? Karin and Khan, Los is got to do. How can Beit Shammai follow their own, follow through on their own shita? Are they in violation of Los is got to do? Which means, as the Gemara says, Lo Tasu Agudos, Agudos. You shouldn't make bundles and clicks in Kali so You should have Achdos. So how could they follow disparate, different views? So we have Abaya Rava. We missed the Abaya Rava Machloksin, right? Aren't those about the best? I'm Abaya. When do we say losid go do? So now what Abai is trying to explain is how could the Beishamai follow their own shita? Shouldn't you have achdus with regards to this issue in Kali Israel? So first of all, um, Abai is saying that, uh, and by the way, I mean, you brought up a good t- uh, question whether this is, an, okay, it's an, I mean, it seems, sounds like an Nisra Daraisa, right? So how could you violate that? So I'm Abai, Kamin losid go to do. Yeah. So how far do you go? Like you can have Anche Sfard and Anche Ashkenaz. They're, they're, um, you know, you can have a Sfardine and Ashkenaz Shul. That's not Los to do. That's just flavor, variety, the spice of life. But, right, that's what we're saying. Halalu Morin Kediver Beis Shammai, Halalu Morin Kediver Beis Hillel. 
So Abai is going to say like this, that you shouldn't have two different batedinim paskining differently in one city, because that, right, could just cause chaos in, in, in the city. But different cities that are separated can hold in different ways, and that's not a problem Los is going to do, right? So there's this geographical aspect to Los is going to do. Like, it just means you shouldn't have bundles within your city and, and, and division within your city. Like, Baruch Hashem, Baltimore, Bli Har has tremendous achdus. However, right, if, you know, you know the uh, Rabbi Walter in Silver Spring can hold differently than Rabbi Hopfer in Baltimore because that doesn't cause any, right, lack of achdus. It's not a problem. That's a biased solution. Problem is, is that really true of Beicham Beisil? Do they live in different cities? I'm a lay rava. Rabbi Beicham Beisil, Yeah, they... There was tons of Beicham Beisil coexisting in, in the same cities. So how does that help you? I'm a Rava, so no. Rava has his own suggestion as follows. He says, Ki Amir and Losi's go do. When do we say let's go to do? Gon Beis din beir achas. Peleg morin kadiver Beicham, peleg morin kadiver Beisil. Wow. A single court where part of the court is holding up Beicham and the other part is Beisil, that's when you have the chaos. Aval shtei batadidin beir achas leislan ba. Right, so he answers his own question, which is, that is not a problem. There's no problem with losis go to do, and therefore one can hold like Bechamai, one can hold like Basilo, and that justifies why Bechamai can in fact hold their ground and, and hold in practice what they hold in theory. So now we're four lines up from the wide. The Gemara asks a Shaila, Tashma. You might recall, we learned Parakabiliazar Demila, right, in Masechas Shabbos. And the Chiddush there was that a Mila Bismana, right, that takes place on Shabbos, you can, in fact, according to Rabbi Eliezer, perform machshire mitzvah. You could start fashioning the, the knife if you don't have a knife. Oh. Not only that, you could start, what, chopping down uh, trees on on Shabbos, in order to make charcoal on Shabbos, in order to make iron on Shabbos, to, cir- to circumcise the child on Shabbos. So you're doing like a bunch of malachas, it sounds like, in order to do the machshir mitzvah to perform the brismila bisman on Shabbos. That was the practice of Rebbe Le-Yazer, and we know that that was the shita of Rebbe Le-Yazer. The machshir mitzvah are in fact mutter. Now, so that's one thing. That was not everybody held that way, but certainly, right, um, Rabbi Eliezer did. And then uh, another example, Rabbi Yossi's community, you were allowed to eat chicken parmesan because they held that only applied to beef and not to chicken. And therefore, they were eating chicken parm, okay, chicken and milk. So now, this is a difficulty of what we said before. Why? Because in lo. In Rebbe Le-Yazer, so, so this sounds like a kasha, right? In Rebbe Le-Yazer's community, they were able to, right, prepare machshir mitzvah, but in Rebbe Kiva's community, they were not. Detanya, kolama Rebbe Kiva, komalacha she'ef shasot me'ev Shabbos, ein doches a Shabbos. Rebbe Kiva was of the opinion over there in Shabbos that if you could have prepared for the bris milah on Erev Shabbos, then it's not going to be, those preparations, malachas, are not going to be mutter to do on Shabbos. By the way, Big consequence, right? Now you're going to end up having to give the child a bris, shalob is mana. If you don't have the stuff, you're going to end up having to give the bris on, on Sunday. The high might, so then the question is, why was this not a violation of Los to do? Says the Gemara. The high might, why is that even a question? Makamas, makamas, shiny. We just said 
there's different locations and different communities could have different practices. And not only that, with the karila, makarila. Right, we didn't see this. We saw didn't see this until last week when we saw it with respect to Rechista. Now we're seeing it again, which is to say, what was the question in the first place? Why is it a shaila? You have different communities, and different communities have different minhagim. What's the problem? It says the Gemara. Yeah, when it comes to Chumash Shabbos, there's a havamina that Shabbos Chumash should be universal because Shabbos is so chamer and so critical and so important that you would think that any that if Rabbi Kiva has a shita that you're not allowed to do this for Shabbos, that would have to be universally accepted. Kamash Malan, no. That even with regards to Shabbos, you can have a right minhag that differs in one location or another, and it would not be a violation of Losit go to do. Okay, so the Gemara continues to say, Tashma the Rabbi Bo, ki ikla li astre di yeshubin levi, have a metatal shraga, the ki isla astre di yeshubin levi, metatal shraga. What exactly the shraga is, is complicated, uh, because what was this case? It sounds like, like this. Rabbi Bo used to visit Rabbi Shuman Levi, and then he would move a lamp on Shabbos. Basically, he didn't, he didn't hold that that was mukta, meaning Rabbi Shuman Levi didn't hold that it was mukta. So he was able to hold a lamp. It was a, apparently uh, a lamp that had been lit, according to Rashi, right? And then, and then it was put out. Why is he even with Tatalit? Not for now. But the point is that he's, he, this was something that Rabbi Shubin Levi held was not a problem of Muksa, and therefore he was matatalit in his house. However, when he went to visit Rabbi Yochanan, who held that it was Muksa, he was not being matatalit Shraga. So the Gemara asked, V'hai mai kusha, shiny. So again, didn't we say already that different places have different minhagim, and therefore Rabbi Shubin Levi, right, um, it holds that it's okay, and Rabbi Yochan holds it's not. So different strokes for different folks, and whenever Rabbi Bar would go, he would behave differently. But the Gemara is saying, wait a minute. Rabbi Yavo himself is being inconsistent. How could he not be consistent with his own practice? What does he hold? Does he hold that this metatal shraga is muksa or not? He should, you know, be holding by his own shita and be consistent internally within himself. So the Gemara answers simply, Rabbi Bo, Rabbi Shubin Levi, yeah, Rabbi Bo held that it was mutter. And that's why when he went to Rabbi Shubin Levi, who agreed with him and said that it was mutter, he would be metaltel l'shraga. However, though when he visited Rabbi Yochanan, out of deference to Rabbi Yochanan, he would not come with a shraga because Rabbi Yochanan would find it offensive simply because Rabbi Yochanan himself held that it was mukta. So he did it out of covet. He didn't do it out of any halachic question. Therefore, there was no issue of lo sit go to do. Ask the Gemara, however. However, Rabbi Abo has, right, he has his posse. He has his attendants. He has his people that are with him. If Rabbi Abo doesn't behave consistently, aren't they going to get mixed messages? And then maybe, even though he holds, right, and then they're going to end up, uh, uh, possibly even being metatal shraga, let's say by Rabbi Yochanan, there's going to be potential awkward moments if he's inconsistent. Says the Gemara, Yeah, he had a very well trained, right, uh, shamash. In other words, the, his, his, the people around him were well trained and well versed and knew not to make such mistakes. They understood that when he that that when he went to Rabbi Yochanan, you're not metatal shraga in that scenario. And again, no issue of Los is going to do because it's different locales, even though. This has to do with Hilchas uh, uh, Shabbos. So now ten lines up from the bottom on your dollar and Alf Tashma. Let's talk more. An unbelievable idea. Our Mishnah points out, going all the way back to the Tsar Serva, 
this amazing idea that even though Beit Shammai held that the Tsar's erva is mutter and you do yibum, and Beit Hillel held that there's an Isser kares mamish and the kids should be mamzerim, they married each other. How is that possible? Says the Gemara, What's wrong with that? They're not at a maze. They love each other. Yeah, but the problem is a mamzer can't marry uh, somebody who's not. In other words, if you're on a resume and it says on your resume mamzer, so then if you have a sh- on your shidduch resume, so then how? Why would it? Why? Why would they marry a mamzer? Why would they marry each other if they're marrying somebody who's a product of an isra karis? I thought that isn't marrying and based on my basilo. Are we doing that? Now? That's exactly the topic. So now we say asu. This whole intermarriage that you're talking about in shra marriage. Uh, marry within within Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel, yeah, right. right? Intermarriage. So this whole idea of marrying within Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel, right, makes sense if you're going to say Loasu, meaning if you're going to say that Beit Shammai, right, uh, uh, deferred to Beit Hillel Shita, and therefore they did not do the Yibum, and then you don't have the problem. Oh, so then of course they married each other. Mishum Nimnu. That's why Beit Hillel was cool with marrying somebody from Beit Shammai. Ela Iamis Asu. If you say the Beit Shammai. They followed it through on their own opinion, and it was miyabim tzaras ervas amaylo nimnu. Why would Basilel marry within the, within the kal? Bishlem and Beisham Basil nimnu. Now I understand why Beit Shammai wouldn't have a problem marrying somebody Basilel. After all, the case of Basilel at worst it's chayve lavin, and that's not so bad. In other words, if you're a descendant of chayve lavin, you're still kosher. But how could Beis Hillel marry somebody from Beis Shammai? Right? You have a chi of krisis, as Rashi explains, because it's Saras, if once she's potter from Yibum, she's in Isser Eshes Ach, which is Kares, and therefore a child born out of a Kares union is a Mamzer, and you're not going to marry Mamzer. Oh. So the Gemara says like this, Maybe you're going to say that Beis Hillel actually were willing to marry um, progeny of Beis Shammai because they don't hold that that you that a person who has a union of Chiv Krisis actually is a Mamzer. Could that be true? Well, that is a Shita that exists. Okay, we'll see it later. But that can't be because Rama Rebbe Lazar Av Rebbe Lazar said later in Abraisa. That even though Beit Shammai still disagreed on Tzaras as they do in our Mishnah, right? They both agree. Both Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel will agree that marrying somebody who's a, who's a product of a Karis union um, is a problem because that said individual is going to be a mamzer, and therefore you can't say that they weren't concerned about mamzerus. So then, how could Beit Hillel marry into Beit Shammai? After all, according to Beit Hillel, those those uh, products of those unions are, are mamzerim of products of chiyuvei kares. So the Gemara has to say no. Shouldn't you learn from this that it has to be that Beit Shammai did not follow through on their opinion and were deferring to Beit Hillel? The Gemara says not necessarily lo. No, Beit Shammai held of their own opinion and they married Tsaras of Ervas. However, the moidi luhu what was the practice? Beis Shammai would notify Beis Hillel, right? Just because Beis Shammai hold of this, right? It's not that common to do Yibum, right? Or Hashem. So just because Beis Shammai hold that a Tsaras uh, Erva can do Yibum doesn't mean that everybody 
in Beit Shammai is a, is, is a, is a, is a, is in Suffolk necessarily. And even if they are, that would be true only if you didn't mark those people who are Mamzerim. But guess what? If you were from Beit Shammai, it would say on your resume, I am a Beis Yaakov girl. And then it would say in parentheses, Mamzer Kashitas Beis Hillel. Right? Like if you're in Beis Hillel, maybe you don't want to marry this girl. Look for another girl. Okay. So, so says the Gemara, two lines up from the bottom. Oh, what we just said makes sense. Why? Because the because the latter part of our mission says, Call Ataris or Call Tumas, show you Elu Mitarin, Elu Mitamin, Lo Nimni Osin Taris, Elu Al Gabi Elu. That in a different topic, not with regards to Shiduchim, but with regards to the Kalim, right? Some things are Tomatham, some things are Tahar, right? They had Machloksim, Beit Shammai, and Beit on these issues. Beit Shammai were Machmir, as according to the last Rashi on this, on this Amud. And still, they would what? They would eat in each other's houses. They would go to each other's house for Shabbos. How so? So as we turn to Yudalad Amad Beis, at the symbolic time of 6.13 a.m., how so? So you must be shleimah demoidi lehu. If you're going to say that they inform them, right? And we're trying to say that it does make sense. So mishum hachli lo nimnu. In other words, if everything was full disclosure, so then Beisil and Beichamai knew exactly what did and didn't touch these kalim, and therefore, in a case where you didn't hold that this kli was tahar, so then you wouldn't use it. But otherwise, you could eat in each other's houses. So so for example, person eats heter uh, mechira. Because it's Shemitah, so it's in Yana de Yoma. So they would say, You want to come to my house? I, I, I hold by Heter Mechira. Another person holds that Yuvul Nachri is the worst thing in the world. So you eat Yuvul Nachri. But everybody just notified each other, and then you would know Am I going to eat at this person's house? Because nobody was trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes. Okay, that's why they didn't have to hesitate about eating each other. Because, again, it wasn't a lack of being conscientious in Alacha, it was just a different, different uh, Shitas. So as long as you're both conscientious and you inform each other of your shitas, so then you know whether you could go or not. And you don't have to, or so, so somebody say, normally I eat heta I say, so Barry says to, to Andrew, normally I eat heta mechira, but because I know you're coming, I got you vul nachri. Uh, so Andrew knows to trust Barry, and then he can go to his house for Shabbos. And you should. Um, okay, so he goes like this. Mishum but if you're going to so again, this is a diak in the Mishnah. It sounds like they informed each other of where what they they're practicing. But if you're going to say that they didn't inform each other, again, I can understand why Bichamai wouldn't be nimna from Basil because as Rashi explained on, on the last Rashi and the last Amud, Basil was more machmer. So of course Bichamai could always eat badats by Basil, right? The tumas the Basil the Bichamai taharos ninu, right? Because that's a Right, an exaggerated almost, not really exaggerated, but it's a f- strong, forceful way of saying that that which was Tame to Beis Hillel was actually kosher for Beis Shammai. Of Beis Hillel, me Beis Shammai, lom lom nimnu. Why would be, anybody from Beis Hillel eat in a, someone from Beis Shammai's house? Taras to Beis Shammai, Beis Hillel tumas ninu. That which Beis Shammai considered tahar and kosher, Beis Hillel considered trif. El alav the ma'idilu has to be that they inf- the Beit Shammai and Beit Shil informed each other of exactly what was in front of them on their plate. Shmami no. So it sounds like both with regards to Arias, so to speak, of the Tsaris of Erva, and with regards to Tumantara, Beit Shammai and Beit had excellent communication, and therefore they could commingle both in terms of shiduchim and in terms of going to each other's house for Shabbos. So seven lines down, we say my umay the hachmehach. What's the advantage? Why do we have both cases? Why are we talking about both shiduchim and utensils? Says the Gemara, You might have thought that only the case of the tzara would be okay. Because why? 
daily life and utensils and kashras, now that, that like is a, uh, something that happens ubiquitous, right? That's everywhere. And so it's very hard to keep track. How, so, but tzara is a very rare thing. Somebody dies childless and the yibum is performed, like the whole town knows about that. That's massive hawk. So that has a cold. So there's going to be a lot of disclosure about the details of that particular scenario. So you might have thought that only the tzara, right, would, um, would be full disclosure, and therefore that's why Beisel Bechami could commingle. Asha ain't came by the dishes, it's just hard to keep track of. Kamash Malan, no, even by the dishes they commingle. Oh. So now, let's go back this, to this other halacha that we talked about, um, and Amr Aleph as follows. Gufa. The, the, right, the Bryce said, Amr Rabbi Lazar, Right, we just said, Rabbi Lazar had mentioned that even though Bicham Hill disagreed on the Tsaros, right, they agreed that the only time you have a Mamzer is if the is if they are a product of an Isra Kares. So Garano says, are we going to talk about this now? So the answer is, now we're really going to talk about it. Man Modin, who agrees with him? Elan Bechamim Vesilel. If you're going to say Becham agrees with Vesilel, so Pshita, yeah, of course, Beit Shammai, right, it makes sense that, that, that the Beit Shammai agrees with, Be, with Beit Hillel, right, because they, because they hold that theirs are Bnei Chai Velavin and they're kosher. So, so, of course, they're going to have to agree with Beit Hillel. El Beit Hillel, Beit Shammai. But Beit Hillel, what would they agree with? That if a Tsarist Erva does Yibum, they are not Mamzerim? How is that possible? He gufa chayve krisasi. That is chayv krisis. So what does it mean modim? In other words, what's the case where they would have disagreed that they now agree? That's the question. So says the Gemara, Yeah, Bechamai must agree with Kiva. And the, case, the reason why it is noteworthy that they agree with Basil. Again, we thought it's not worth, noteworthy at all. Of course, Basil holds it's an Isakaris. Bechamai holds it's an Isalav. And so... Where are the, where, but with regards to the Mamzeros, where would be the disagreement? So the, the disagreement is the Lafukim Rabbi Akiva. Why? Rabbi Akiva, the Amr Yesh Mamzer Mechaive Lavin. Rabbi Akiva has the Shnik Shita that even if you have only an Isra Lav, so for example, right, uh, well, any Isra Lav over here, like according to Beit Shammai, right, the, uh, the, where you have the Isra Lav, Kamash Milan, the Ain Mamzer Mechaive Lavin. Rabbi Lazar is teaching you that Beit Shammai and Basilel do not hold like Rabbi Akiva, that they both Hold and Beit Shammai would agree with Beit Hillel, right? That it is a chiyuv kares, and and if there was only an isralav, there would not be a mamzer. But because there's an isra kares, there is a mamzer as a consequence of that union. So now, sixteen lines down, we're going to present the proof that Beit Shammai asu that they did not only hold of their own opinion that Hatsaris Erva is mutter, but they actually followed through practically on that shita as follows. Tashma. This is a b'risa that mentions multiple scenarios where Beit Shammai are cholik on Beit And these multiple scenarios take you through a journey through Seder Nashim. If you just started Seder Nashim, now you're going to basically get a taste of every Masechah and Nashim. And every one of these Masechahs, you can have Machlokas Beit Shammai Beisel, so get used to it. The first is Tzaros, as we have in our aforementioned Mishnah. Be'achayos, what's the case of Achayos? That's also Yibum. That's the case of the two sisters, 
right, with the, with the four brothers that we mentioned last week. And we have Machlokas Beicham Beisil. Beget Yashan, Rashi explains, right? The get Yashan is a case where a husband writes a get, and then before he delivers it to his wife, he has Yichud with her. Machlokas, whether that get is good, we'll see that in Gitin. Besafik Ashis Ish, also, why, why is the suffocatious ish? That we will see. It's the case of Miun, the aforementioned case which she's married off. That is one explanation. Rashi then says another explanation. Look at this Rashi suffocatious ish. It takes up half the column. Different, uh, different shitas as to what suffocatious ish is. Maybe it's talking about a case where he gave, uh, where a shivmira gave a get to his wife, somebody who's very ill, who wanted her to have the get right prior to, to him passing away. He wanted her to be a Grusha instead of Almana. Um, he wanted her to have uh, right, uh, a Ksuba, but then he got better. Right? Different possibilities of, of doubt as to whether she's still married. Fine. There, there's a Machlokas, Bichamai Vasil also. We will delve into all of these cases in great detail, but these are, suffice it to say, all cases where Bichamai Vasil disagree. Here is Bengarish's Pundak, as Rashi explains, right? Uh, they were together in a, right, in a hotel. So is this Gershon good or not, right? They were together in the hotel. According to Basilel, they're considered as if you assume that they were together. This is a, right, a corollary of Hain Hain Ede Yuchud, Hain Hain Ede Bia, right? Basham and Basil disagree on that. Also, Bekasev Uveshava Kesev Bepruta, Veshava Pruta. You're going to have the, uh, this is, has to do with Kedusha Isha. Bichamai says Dina and Shavadina, and we still say Pruta and Shavapruta, as Rashi explains. That Machlokas appears in the very first Mishnah of Maseches Kedushin. So now we've done Yavamos, we've done Gitten, we've done Kedushin, and in all of these cases you have Machlokas, Bichamai, and Bichilel, and still, with all of these Sveikos, Lo Nimnu Bichamai Milisa Nashim Bichilel. Still, there is marriage between Beicham and Beisil. Unbelievable. Below Beisil, me Beichamai. And more amazing, Beisil did not refrain from Beichamai. Beautiful Goranowitz Musr moment. They treated each other with affection, with respect, and with friendship. In order to what? To fulfill the promise that we say in Zechariah that you should love truth and peace. Mind you, the Maharal explains here, yeah, MS is important. You always have to start with a bedrock of truth, but Shalom has to be incorporated into it. MS veha Shalom, right? You have to have Shalom into it, so even though you can have a Midas Adin and you could say, okay, uh, this isn't, this Shidduch isn't Raya, this Shidduch isn't Raya, we still allow, right, a Shalom, and we always bring in this idea of uh, love and peace to keep the peace between and uh, to have Achdus in Klal Yisrael. So, which Rav Shimon Omer, Nimnu Hein Min Havadai, Velo Nimnu Min Asafik. So, Rav Shimon here has a fascinating idea. At the very end of here, he says that no, that when it came to the Suffolk, which is all the cases we mentioned just now in in Gittin and in Yavamos and in Kedushin, there was a Suffolk there. So, in the Suffolk, they it, he says it's Dafka there that there was no hesitation. But when you had a Vadai. That's when they, they really did, uh, that's where they really did hesitate. So this is, um, initially, we're going to say, as Rashi says, So now we're going to have a question of Rav Shimon. 
Rav Shimon is the one that throws water on us. He said the only one there's a suffix, they were willing to marry each other. But when there was not a suffix, um, and there was a vadai, they actually kept away. Uh, so says the So we're going to see, right, why would they have said that, that they were nimnu from each other? That would only make sense if they were actually not following their own sheet. In other words, if they were not following their own shita, then obviously it wouldn't be a problem if they deferred to base Hillel. But if they follow through on their own shita, that's where Shimon makes sense, and it is that where we will pick up tomorrow, 15 lines up from the bottom of Yadalim Abayz.